Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bee Church Podcast. It's episode number three, and we're going to talk about Sabbath. This is Eric, and I'm without Jenny today. Uh, she's taking a little bit of a vacation, so instead of disturbing her, I'm going to make a quick recording and share it all with you guys. But one of the things we talked about together and uh, thought about and prayed about and wrestled with uh in sharing in an early episode, especially after talking about the first 90 days in episode number two, was the idea of Sabbath. The reason this is so important is because in the beginning, we talked about the fact that your first 90 days is going to set precedence and bookmarks and ways of being with your church and your congregation as a leader within your church and congregation that will form the next several years of your relationship. People will remember the way you behave and the way you act. And so here we go. I'm coming at you today from a bit of Sabbath myself. In the background, you can probably hear a motor going. You might hear my son bantering with uh, one of his uncles up there. I'm in Wisconsin right now, uh, up in the Chippewa Falls area, and I'm enjoying a bit of rest myself. I'm enjoying a week of vacation, a week of downtime, a week where... Uh, I'm getting to enjoy the beauty and creation that God's got to offer, and I got to tell you, there's nothing better than sitting here right now recording this to you from a dock uh, that I've got access to on a beautiful lake with the state park behind me. Uh, God is good. That's all I can say. Uh, But in Wisconsin, every time I'm here, every time I'm taking my downtime in this same exact wooden bench that I'm sitting on right now, I think of a story that I think could help us today. Now the story goes like this, back in the early days of Americana when lumberjacks ran around states like Wisconsin with vigor and fervor, uh, they did the work that was like, oh, grunt, mm, get stuff done. And lumberjacks are known for their ego and their ability to uh, just be impressive in the amount of work that they can get done and how they really never fully fatigue. So anyway, one young stud thought that he was the biggest thing ever and he would go around and he would challenge people to uh, a contest who could chop more wood in a single day and he always won. And he would go around from town to town and he built this reputation and finally one day he encounters an old man who says, I'll take you up on this challenge. Now, The young guy, full of his machismo, was stuck because he didn't want to embarrass the old guy, but he also, you know, couldn't turn down an opportunity to win again. And so he got into this contest of chopping wood, and in the chopping wood that he took on, uh, he took on this old man, and and they decided to have the whole day to, to see who could split more wood, and they started off, and the young guy is just on fire. He's like, if I just embarrass the guy, maybe... Maybe then at the end of like lunchtime we can stop early and, and he'll be so demoralized that he'll know that he can't go on. But anyway, they start off and after an hour, the old guy's already starting to show his age to the young man. He's sitting on one of his logs and he's just kind of taking a breather. And the young guy is just full of uh, uh, steam and just keeps chopping away and chopping away and chopping away. An amazing thing happens at that lunchtime. The young man and the old man uh, seem to be neck and neck, and the young man's kind of at, at, at a loss for this because he's been watching this old man take breaks every hour or so where he sits down on one of his cut logs and he just kind of is there. And, and this day goes on and goes on, and the young man without a break just slamming wood, slamming wood, slamming wood. 
And then all of a sudden, the day has ended. And at the end of the day, he looks over and he feels like he, he's got this. And yet he recognizes that the old man's pile is definitely larger than his. And kind of befuddled and kind of in awe, he walks over to the old man. He's like, how did you do this? I mean, nobody has beaten me at chopping wood. And, and here you are, you've, you've accomplished something that, that's impossible. And the old man goes, it's not impossible, son. You see, you're young and strong, and so you just go, go, go. But what you don't know, and I have learned in my age, is that as I go, I have to sit every now and then and rest and recover. And I would sit on a log for 10 minutes of every single hour, no matter what. And while sitting on that log, I would take a tool and I would sharpen my axe and my arms would recover a bit of their strength. And then when I set about the work of chopping wood again, not only would I have the strength again, but I would have the sharpened tool, the sharpened axe that you would not have anymore as yours dulled with every swing. And so I knew that the ease of my swing would be lighter and the strength regained in me enough that at the end of this day, I would be the victor. You see, this story of two people chopping wood might seem kind of hokey, it might seem kind of boring, it might seem kind of who knows what to you, but to me it's inspirational because it's a a sharp reminder that for me, even at 37 now, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm the old man in the room, but definitely as a clergy person, I'm the young man in the room, and I come to you and I recognize that I want to be that young stud that, you know, is full of muscles and, and is swinging all day long. But the old man teaches us lessons. He tells us the power of a rest isn't just that the arms are reinvigorated, but the tools that we bear are honed and sharpened in that time. In the book of Exodus, we have that first real palpable moment of knowing Sabbath. Yeah, in Genesis we get the creation narrative, but we have God commanding God's people to take a day of rest. They hadn't known rest in Egypt. They had known toil. They had known work and death. They weren't really a people. But when they took rest, they were able to overcome all odds, perform miracles, and become the tool that God would use to build his kingdom here. In Exodus 20, verse 8, you get this encounter of, of the Sabbath and the commandment of the Sabbath, and it also leads to a bit of a poison, if you will notice. You see, later on in the Bible, when Jesus and his disciples are out and about, people are worried about the Exodus. On a day of rest that we're supposed to have, where we're able to recover and be nourished and be poured into, where we're not supposed to be working, we've become legalistic about it as well. By the time Jesus comes around with his disciples, the Pharisees are debating, what does it mean to actually take a rest? How many steps do you take? Can you do this type of work or that type of work? Can you cook? Can you not cook? Uh, Man, I'd hate to think of whether you could even wipe your own kid's butt. And yet, here we are, and Jesus and his disciples would end up doing a little bit of work. And the Pharisees would say, shame on you. And Jesus would point out the hypocrisy that we sometimes all carry. Our anxiety 
to one, try to control what is rest and recovery. And two, our anxiety to make sure other people are doing it as well as us is actually taking away from the rest that we are demanded of. You see, in your first 90 days, I want you to set a pattern of rest and recovery that sharpens your tools. And I can't tell you what that pattern of rest and recovery will be. I know for me, sometimes it's taking a break and coming up to a beautiful spot in Wisconsin and catching walleye and watching my kids swim in a lake and being able to have a couple of beers from Liney Kugels and uh, grilling out and seeing family. That's rest and recovery. That's Sabbath. That's nourishment for my soul. And I'm not just talking about it as the vacation, but... I know that it needs to be a regular pattern in my life, a a system that goes through me. And I know that I need to replicate that on small weekly scales or else I burn out. Or else the tools that I have been gifted by God aren't as sharp as they need to be for the work that God will use them for. And so I want you to know that Jesus' disciples leads to you and me. Where we need to be careful that we're not the Pharisees questioning someone else's sabbath and working through our very own we need to be recovered and taken care of in such a way that you and i can be the vessels of ushering in god's kingdom that we've been called to be and so for many of you it's probably a part of your first 90 days in fact uh the fourth of july here might be an awkward semi-quasi day off for you because it's so fresh in your ministry that you're kind of humming and buzzing through it and it might not even feel like work but be careful you might be toiling through the day and you might have worn out your tools and your fatigue will set in and by the time your body and your mind and your soul cry out give me rest you might have set a pattern that you feel trapped by and so i'm coming to you on the fourth of july a national day of rest, sitting down with my first liney kugel of the night, and my soul is at peace because I know that in this downtime, God's preparing me to do some awesome things. And I pray that you do some downtime, some soul searching. And be ready for God to do some amazing things through your ministry. That's what we're praying for here at Beach Church Podcast. A few announcements, just so you know. We got um, uh, Jordan Anderson, who's working on a catchy intro and outro music for us. And so we're super excited that uh, we'll actually sound like a grown-up podcast here in a little bit. Uh, We're opening a website, bchurchpodcast.com. Uh, Give us about two more weeks for that to open. So hopefully with podcast number four, we'll give you some information about that. Uh, It's just going to have some basic stuff as we begin, but we hope to build a bit of a community. Uh, Excited about some of your comments on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Be Church Podcast, and we're going to have some conversation with all of you there. Share this with your friends. Uh, We're in the approval process with iTunes and should be on that shortly and any other of your favorite podcast devices. Jenny will be back next time. We're super excited to bring this leadership and church ministry growth um, to you and hopefully a new and refreshing set of ways as we look to the future of what our church can do and are amazed at what God will do through it. Not because of anything that we ourselves necessarily have done, but because we've been open to the ways in which God has done them through us. Peace and grace, my friends.